what our mamas gave us till we couldn't shake no more. We got down on our knees when cancer knocked at our door. We got kicked in the ass. We gave lots of sass. Oh, when it rains, it falls into this half full glass. Oh, thanks, cancer. Thanks, cancer. Thanks, cancer. Victories in the dark. Hi, I'm Mimi Hall. And I'm Leanna House. And you're listening to Thanks Cancer. We are two cancer friends. And we're not doctors. We're not nurses. We're not shrinks. We're not psychics. We're not shamans. No, and cancer's pretty hard, too. I so mean, cancer's a little hard. You might hear some swearing words some in swears. the episode. Ben, we hope you'll enjoy it. This is the podcast we wish that we had when we were going through our treatment. Hey, Leanna. Hi, Mimi. So, I hear that you recently had surgery. I did. I had what I think, I hope, is my last surgery in this process of, I guess it's about, gosh, it's going in three years almost. Three years? Yeah. And is this the first surgery that you've thought is the last surgery? Uh, I didn't know that I'd be having this surgery. This surgery was to just do corrective work from an aesthetic viewpoint. So, and this happens with a lot of women, very few women who get reconstructive surgery after they have breast cancer get it right the first time. Usually there's a certain degree of corrections with stitching or There fat are additional surgeries in your future. Yeah. And the way that my surgeon, my plastic surgeon described it to me was like, think of it like a pyramid and you're going to be going from like a really huge surgery. So when you get immediate reconstruction, what what they do is they put in two bags they fill with saline expanders and that this is a bilateral mastectomy version they fill up the expanders with a certain degree of water you wake up and you've got some small booblets that look like sort of like a very boobs yeah but they also look like something very bad has happened to them (laughs) yes you look pretty traumatizing it's quite odd so anyway and then you keep going in and you get fills 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 and they exchange them for um like a not a hockey puck right for usually it depends on what you choose you could choose saline you could choose silicone so a lot of us choose silicone because it actually is softer and then you get nipple reconstruction if you're choosing to do that then, or like tattoos well i got my areolas tattoo still like a procedure it's a procedure i have to get shot up with a lot of novocaine to get that it's pretty impressive and then um, this was just what I had done just a few weeks ago, just about three weeks ago now. I had where my pectoral muscles were. Um, I had very high breasts. I had very low sag for a gal of my age. I'd never had kids. And so when they put the new implants in, it the implant went underneath the former crease of the breast. Oh. Yeah. So that looked weird? Well, there's just a little ridge there. So on one side, it was dealt with this latest rounds of surgery by uh, taking out what they call the dog's ear. (laughs) Oh, yeah. They use that term with me, too. Like the little flap after. It's so unattractive. I just think of Snoopy. Doctors, (laughs) can you call it something different? I think of my dog Kobe's dog's ear. Like something positive, like a, like a. A pop top. That's positive. I, I don't want to think about what other names. Anyway, 
I wanted to just get it fixed. So one of the things was dealt with by stitching. And while I think I kind of conceptually knew there'd be stitching, I hadn't really thought too much about that. I thought about the other procedure, which was happening to the other breast. So the other breast had already had that surgery, that corrective surgery done in another round that I'd had about a year ago or a year and a half ago. And On the other side, we were doing fat grafting. So there was a ridge on that side where the old pectoral muscle was. And it was almost like there was a dent that hadn't been ironed out. And it was just there. And it was subtle, but it was there. And so what they did was they went in and they did liposuction underneath my armpits. And then they fat grafted it on the breast to make it look good. Wait, they, they like took fat from your armpits? Yeah, from underneath my armpits. Oh, did you have fat there? Uh, I didn't have too much fat, but I had enough to graft it. I don't have a lot of fat in other places, so that was very, and it didn't have, we didn't have to sort of open up new areas of fascia damage and whatnot, so I preferred that. It hurt a lot, I'm not gonna lie. It hurt a ton, and uh, that was that, and uh, they, they, so basically what they do is they suck out all the fat, and then they re-graft it to the ridge and it looks it looks okay I think I can still see a slight ridge there but I think basically it's it was a it was a thing that was worth doing but it it was hard to go back into surgery again it was hard to deal with the pain again it was hard to deal with the recovery again and how how many surgeries have you done oh gosh I should have prepared this before we um (laughs) got into the podcast but maybe it's good to count it through so the first one was the initial one which was February and then then there was a series of fills which was every single week until but that's an outpatient procedure right you're just going in and out that that week that day one day of the week for the breast reconstruction and then the implant exchange yeah I had the exchange then one of them moved so we did another exchange and that's when we repaired the dog ear and that's and that's when I met you I met you after that surgery exactly okay and then, oh wait, we forgot about the nipple construction, which was done surgically, so that's and another one. And you were out completely for that. Oh yeah, general okay. anesthesia. And then, um, all these general anesthesia. And then the last one, so I think that's seven or eight. No, it's... that's four, that's five. Okay, I'm That's ten. five surgeries where you were all the way under general anesthesia. Hold on one second, so we've got the, the big one we've got the exchange we have got nipple reconstruction the nipple reconstruction right we've got the um, it it moved it moved and then we have the last one and then this last one five five exactly okay i've only had two surgeries so I don't want to go all the way under again. That shit's like well, obviously it feels scary. like more to me. Yeah, no, I mean it does. It does feel like a lot because even though you don't have surgeries, you're like poked and prodded all the time. Well, I think it's interesting that I don't know how to count it. I have a hard time counting dates as well with my cancer treatment because I think I'm trying to forget. Is that what chemo brain is? Just trying to forget? Maybe. I think that's part of the post-traumatic stress reaction all right that's a whole nother episode okay but whatever i'm very fascinated right now (laughs) and how horses can help so something i'm really into i mean ptsd should be dealt with but in terms of surgery and your cancer surgery what was that recovery like like how are you feeling right now oh well so i had a pretty interesting experience this time so i went in feeling like oh this is nothing it's a little well and this was two weeks ago 
three weeks ago. Three weeks ago. Three weeks ago. Okay, yeah. so we're three weeks out. So I went into it feeling sort of like, oh, I'm sure it'll be fine. My yeah, this is little. I've been through a mastectomy. Yeah, my plastic surgeon is from New Zealand. He called it a doddle. And so he's like, it's just going to be a doddle for you compared to what you've been through, you know. And okay. it would be major for someone else, no doubt. But he's like, and I think that was okay. That was fine. But then for some reason, I do think I had sort of an allergic reaction. And part of it is the pain, too. You know, part of it is like, oh, I don't want to go through it. And also for me, I don't want to go through the recovery. I mean, no one wants to go through the recovery. Let's not kid. No. Not at all. Like, none of us want to be here doing this. So I, that's where I really lost it, too. So I took this yoga class, the last yoga class that I took. It was our friend Brian's class and the last Bikram class I took. And I ran into my friend Mary Pat as I was leaving. And I'd just come back from Mallorca. And she'd seen pictures on Instagram and whatnot. And she was like, oh, Mimi, how are you? And I was like, I'm fine. And she's and she's like, oh, those pictures were amazing. It was so great. Tell me about your trip. How was it? And I was like, it was fine. I'm just, and we're pretty good friends. And I was like, I'm just really upset because I have to get surgery tomorrow. And it's not a big deal, but, and I want to do it. And it's but it's also still a big but, deal. Yeah. And I just, I pointed to the class we'd just come out of and I'm like, and I have to take a huge break from this. And I was just like, I burst. I was just like, and it was really funny because people kind of don't know what's going on with me for the most part and you see a girl who's like sort of a bit of a yoga princess and there I was like and it was really but it was real and she was really sweet and awesome yeah I was really upset beforehand and then I don't know. Anesthesia is weird. Like, oh my god, anesthesia. So, so weird. when you sleep, you are a different unconscious because so. when you sleep, you can sense time passing. But when you're under general anesthesia, it is like no time passes. So you're like a whole different level of out of your body. I really like it too. Like, I'm not opposed to general anesthesia at all. Like, I think it's I mean, the best thing. It's since... way better than like I don't know biting a birch tree I'd probably <laughs> rather bite a birch tree in some ways but <laughs> you just like drank whiskey I guess I don't know what people did before but it's it's really kind of amazing what it does but it does put you into a different place so I came out and the the surgery was basically a success my boyfriend had never been through this surgery stuff with me and he was awesome he was a really good caregiver kind of in the middle of it all I got my period which was just like oh my god you've got to be kidding me and then I hadn't worked through other parts of my experience so and this was your first time working through yeah and I didn't know to like pad the time that my doctor said to me with like two or three Mm. days so I think I might have gotten infected in the hospital but basically I go back to work on Monday I come down with a horrible cold like horrible but I think it's just like the fact that the tube's been down my throat okay no when you have a surgery a number one do not let students do your like the putting the breathing tube in you do not let students do that I feel like mine was coated with someone's cough 
Okay, but number two is, like, every time you get surgery, you are opening yourself up to the universe. I know you've mentioned that before, and I think it's really, really true and but very disturbing. But you are, because you're so vulnerable. You are cut open. Like, you are going to attract all of the colds. All the colds. So I got the worst cold in my life, the worst head cold. And when I followed up with my plastic surgeon, I'm like, yeah, this is probably going to be, like, the worst recovery you've ever had, because your immune system and everything from this and that. And, like, I really- feel like that's every surgery after cancer, you- because you're, like... I don't know. I never had a cold through any of my stuff when I was going through chemotherapy and surgeries. I never had anything, but now I did. Uh, It was just like the worst times ever. So I'm... So how long was it really, really bad for after surgery? It's still pretty bad. I'm not going to lie. It's still pretty bad. I mean, I don't know if I mentioned my right-hand woman, wonderful gal employee, took her dream job also in the middle of all of this. So my work life. But also, boo. I I knew when I I met her, I was like, I've got two months. (laughs) That's all I need. And I did. I tried to do a full day. I tried to do a full day because I was like, yeah, this girl is bright and she's going places. And I salute her. But oh, wow. Let me learn everything. She needs she knows so because it's a new job i've only been the job like three months so she's moving on so anyway it was just it was a rocky world now i'm coming out the other side now i'm still not able to exercise with my pecs i don't know why i actually think i tried to delude myself about this again the recovery is the hardest part for me well and it's such a weird combination of you don't like you're not getting direction from your doctors about like what you can do and when all the time right like every little thing so you're doing this little dance of like is it doing yeah yeah so you try things well and i'm learning from experience too so here's my concern if i go into the bikram studio i'm going to stretch and i'm going to stretch the scar out i'm going to stretch the stitches out you know i'm going to maybe pop a stitch inside and so i'm like i i thought weirdly i was like i'll be back in in three weeks Different parts of you heal at different rates, and you can't always predict going into it, like the period or the cold. Well, it's a different the, like, it's a different procedure too. This is stitching, and this is fat grafting. So right. that's just like a totally different procedure, yeah. one side to another. Listen, I will say this: um, I think the result, after having gone through a lot of pain and a lot of trials and tribulations. It's been worth it, the reconstruction. Okay, so it might be worth it at the end, but, like, in the beginning, this is the first thing I thought about when I was diagnosed, because you don't know what it's like to go through chemo or radiation or, like, this thing where your body betrayed yourself, but you do know what it feels like. Or even being in pain, maybe. But it you do know what it feels like to get cut mm-hmm. and you know going into cancer that like you're probably going to get cut maybe you're lucky ha 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 and have lymphoma but usually like yeah. surgery involves cutting That's... so so what i was thinking about when i got diagnosed is will this cutting hurt like what's that going to feel like is this going to hurt for just ever like how much pain am i going to be in I totally get that. And I think it's interesting. So I thought about that, but I also immediately thought of after, and maybe this superseded that will this hurt because I've been very athletic my whole life. And I started dancing when I was three and, you know, I, I think you're athletic too. You started. I mean, yeah. I look very athletic. <laughs> you 
Leanna was a high diver. Okay, she's <laughs> athletic. So my whole question was, will this heal? That was my huge paramount question was like, okay, fine. I know I can get through the surgery, but will I get back to normal? Like, what will my range of motion be? And also, again, this is the this is our topic, surgical pain. Like, how much will this hurt? For me, the anticipation to surgery is always the worst thing. The getting through and and even the even getting through the immediate surgery with, with at least breast surgery. I'm only speaking about breast surgery. I think if I had something done with my organs, it would be so much more invasive. Oh yeah, all types of cancer surgery are different. Right, all types of surgery are different. All types of surgery. Right, but with breast surgery, I really felt like the getting through the surgery itself was, eh, but getting through. Well, because the- you're unconscious for the surgery. Right. And then afterwards, you're quite drugged up still. The anesthesia effects are wearing off. And then the opioids. Exactly. And so you're kind of, you know, coming into the pain slowly. And then you come into the pain. And then the question is, like, how do you deal with that? And I was like, for me, it was like I had to sort of absorb it, almost become bigger than it. I listened to some Eckhart Tolle and was like, yeah, I have to, like, expand my body to absorb. I mean, you are expanding. My, My metaphor was does it hurt or is it just a little pressure on your understood boundaries of self I stole that from McKinley by the way I'm not taking credit for that (laughs) props to you for credit so it's really like you have to use to numb parts you have to use to painful parts then the pain starts to come back in when the nerves start to regrow I found myself having this really weird relationship with pain because as pain came back I was like oh I can still feel things like pain is the alternative to numbness and the numbness coming back. And that's kind of a weird relationship to have with pain, honestly. Yeah, I've started to have a different relationship when I see blood vessels coming out in my skin. I'm like, oh, the blood vessels are coming back. Or sweating. I'm like, woo! Right, exactly. Go sweat! But so, yeah, and, and they will. So for all of my surgeries, with the exception of this last one, the pain drug that was prescribed to me was oxycodone. And a I lot was, or like a few? No, I was given without asking for anything different, 20 tablets. And I was told to take one to two tablets by mouth every four hours as needed for moderate pain. That's that sounds like it would be enough for an elephant. So I would take out of that, I would take probably like four or five. Well, the doctors really will give you, because like what you're going through is super painful. So like doctors will give you way more than I would think initially and as much as you want, really. Yeah, I was surprised by that. So oxycodone is not my friend and I developed an intolerance to it which I had never heard about but it does happen to people so what happened for me was it was somewhat effective at first but I didn't love it the way I'd hoped I would so it's like this muffled feeling no it's itchy you you scratch yourself actually you wake up with scratches the pain blocking effects seem to almost go away and then you end up just not sleeping and so it's really difficult you spend basically all night up and scratching in a drug you're already like never gonna sleep it doesn't work so I talked to my doctors about that and this time I'm really happy to say they prescribed me um tramadol and it was awesome and I, you can hear, I brought the pills up here. I still have a lot left. So tramadol, um, I've never even heard of it. It's pretty, it's new. I think it's a replacement for the Oxy. I didn't love it, but it was really, really good. So the other thing I want to say 
for those of you who are going to be getting surgeries, what I think is so important, because I just went through this too, minor or big, you need to take stool softeners, which you can easily find at CVS or any Walgreens or whatever, whatever your pharmacy of choice is. And also take Senna tablets too. To oh get yeah, your anytime you're taking opioids. Peristalsis moving, yeah. You And also magnesium. That'll help you sleep and also have you have ball movements because I think the thing about all of these painkillers, I don't care what they are, is they stop your bowels from moving. They relax your bowels. Well, they're stopping the pain. They're just stopping your reactions. They're, they're stopping everything. Numbing your nerves, which is why you itch when you develop an intolerance to oxy because it's numbing you out. And I just want to say, I was told the last time I got surgery that there was no alternative to oxy, but this time I pushed and pushed. And I there's alternatives to everything. There's alternatives to everything. So just be aware of that. I think there's also a trend right now away from Oxy. So if it doesn't agree with you, this is definitely your chance. If you love Oxy, well, this is your chance to eat a lot of them. <laughs> I mean, for most a lot. of so for most of like the surgery part and the immediate aftermath, you have a lot of medication, but then you have the recovery, and the recovery is the part that lasts the longest and you are not gonna have, you know, oxy for your long recovery. Cause how how far are we out? Like quite a while, and we're still we're still in recovery. Yeah, I mean, I became accustomed to saying, like like I said in another podcast, when people ask me when I get that question, how uh, do you feel? How do you feel today? Are you experiencing any pain? When I go to the doctors, I'm like, oh, nothing out of the ordinary. Because the ordinary is you have to start to expand, right? You totally change your relationship with pain. So right after I took some time off of work to recover from the mastectomy surgery, and that's six weeks that you have to take off of work. And I was like, I'm going to be so bored six weeks without working after I work all the time. You've never been sick and in recovery before, though. Isn't that interesting? No. Like you think when you hear this as a well person, you're like... Six weeks is crazy. Like, that is forever. So I signed up for a philosophy class during that time period. I thought I was going to write a book. Oh, my God. I know. It's so stupid. (laughs) In hindsight, you're like... We have delusions of grandeur. I my think doctors would the tell me, they would be like, you're going to be sick. I'd be like, what about exercise? They'd be like, you're not going to want to exercise. So, I'm like, that's I'm not possible. So two weeks after the surgery, I started a class that was the philosophy of evil. Oh, God. So I, like, would write my papers because they give you, like, topics, but you can also get anything that's approved by this, like, young like 24 year old RA and sure. like I'm very persuasive so my first paper was about recovering from pain because mm. during one of our classes some we were trying to define what evil is and one of the things that came up was evil is any anything that causes other people pain or you mm-hmm. pain and that's like a fairly good definition because like you know murder or stealing or whatever you're like causing pain and you don't want to do that Mm because that's evil right but at the same time like i was in a lot of motherfucking pain and And this is the crux to me of like goethe's mephistopheles you know it's like knowledge creating pain creating well and like the role of pain because pain becomes very very present in your life right when you're going through something because it's not it's not am I going to be pain-free or am I going to have pain? It's like, how much pain am I going to have? Like, pain is inevitable. 
I had such issues with that pain scale that they gave you in the beginning. How do you even? I I kept I kept I had these philosophical conversations for like <laughs> about a month, and, and then I just gave up. And, I was like, I'm a seven. And the like reason the the like clinical technicians are not gonna go down a road with you about like what does it mean to have a moderate amount of pain. <laughs> also, there's for some reason like the 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 faces that they show on the charts in the hospital. Oh my god, in we English, need. Spanish, those. like for some reason, just make me like laugh. I don't know. like. What is the worst pain imaginable? Like I've been in like a lot of pain. Like is that my worst pain imaginable? Like what am I comparing this to? Like there is no. There's no. There's none. I mean, they look at you when you're starting your cancer treatment. Like, well, you'll learn, girl. And it's like, yeah, no, I get it. But I think but, that's the thing too. Is like one of the things we were talking about too before we recorded is like. For most of us, it's weird because you're not feeling any pain. It's So it's not like when you get an ACL repaired and you're in a lot of pain beforehand. And then like you, you get a heal entirely. You get or maybe you don't, but you get better, hopefully. Okay, yes, the hope yes. is you get better. So the weird thing is with this. So it's very abstract. You have to get a, a comfortable with abstractions because yes. most women who have breast cancer aren't feeling pain, substantial pain. And yet, then you learn, oh, I'm going to be going through a lot of pain, and suddenly I'm going to be living with pain, maybe for the rest of my life. And I don't know how long that life is. Like, that's, it's, so well, it's very abstract, because you're not in pain, the, it's not visible. The other thing that's super abstract is, like with Botox, I'm not comparing breast cancer to Botox, by the way, but like with Botox, like, it is completely subjective. When are you done having surgeries is when you feel comfortable in your own body when you look the way you want to look is when you're done with surgeries. So it's a very abstract in terms of there is no surgery A, B, and C. Mm -hmm. There's maybe, like, I've only had two surgeries and you've had five. Mm -hmm. Because it is this abstract thing about what is your perfect body, I guess. Or what's your acceptable body. I mean, it's like, how much do you get done? Where do you stop? I mean, it was certainly a choice for me to do both breasts because I just knew, like... And eventually you should stop. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) I think I'm done. I mean, I... I Well, no, just in general, like, people, like, you should decide to be done, right? Well, I mean, the thing with us is we're not going to be done for a long time. Let's be real. We're going to be getting exchanges. So I just scheduled, I just scheduled, I just scheduled my ultrasound to see if my implants are leaking. And that is in 2019 because they're three years old. One of them is three years old. I thought that they lasted for like 10 or 20 years. You have to get ultrasounds to make sure they're not leaking every three years. But if they were leaking, wouldn't I notice? If you want to be compliant with the warranty that you got with these, which you do, you should be compliant. So I need and to also, like, who worry wants silicone? About, who I wants silicone leaking into your body? My, my silicone. And also, Lana, we God bless. I don't God even know if I have any warranties in my life. Yes, you do. You actually have them. They gave them to you, and you need them because they have a code on them, and they need to be kept in your like stuff with your birth certificate and whatnot, so that you can get a. Because they're defective. So anyway, but but let me just as so as a matter of course, every woman who gets breast implants needs to get them replaced every ten to fifteen years. Every okay. So right. but here's the weird thought: we're going to be getting this stuff done if we survive when we're seventy. Oh, and like eighty and ninety. 
Yeah, and when we get them taken out, think about how sad that would look if we had them totally taken Whatever. out. Whatever. When I'm, like, 70, I'm going to be, like, flat is totally fine. I'm rocking the You're, flat. You have no idea. That's not true. Okay, I have no idea what 70 and 80-year-old Leanna is going to do, but, like... I don't know. Oh, the hubris of our 30s. Back to topic. (laughs) So I actually experienced pain when I had breast cancer. And I think this is really important to talk about. So while we were starting up by saying that a lot of people don't experience pain and then you go into pain, I was actually having pain. And I think in some ways it made going through the pain easier. So basically what was happening is I had a five centimeter tumor and then I had three other smaller tumors that were starting to grow. And... So I felt the tumor growing. I also felt it shrinking from the medication that I was on, which was amazing. But it made me very aware that, like, if that tumor kept growing, I was going to experience a lot of pain. So it made it almost easier to go through the surgical pain. So I think there's something to see. And I had I had no pain going into it. Totally, I I didn't have cancer pain, so. Like, making the decision to go into the pain from not pain. Like, why would I choose to have surgery when I know that this shit is going to be painful? When, like, I wasn't in pain. Like, the doctors told me I had cancer, but maybe it would just be fine. So I think the going into the pain was really hard Do you me. still feel like it might have just been a big mistake? <sighs> and a piece of you? Because I do. I do, by the way. And there's a piece of me, and it's so irrational. It's this totally, like, irrational part of me that's like, maybe it was just a big mistake. Yeah, maybe it was because a bunch of false so positive. Abstract. It is yes, so abstract. It's so abstract. And I know it's not. I know it's not. Right. But there's a piece of me that's like it's so abstract to me. It was so detached. Yeah, no, it because you don't feel it. You don't feel it inside. Because you don't even if you're in pain, you don't feel the cancer. You don't feel that there's something wrong that needs to be changed all the time. Right. It's not like one of these diseases that gets worse and worse and worse and there's an awareness at a certain point and then it gets worse and worse. It's not like that. It's suddenly you're diagnosed, boom, you're in treatment, you're in the system and you're in total shock. And then in our case, suddenly it's gone for now. Yeah. It's very abstract. And, and therefore, going into accepting all of that pain, that really tangible physical pain, becomes a very, like, huge thing of, like, I'm going to do what? Ugh. Yeah, you have nothing tangible. You have nothing tangible through this experience. It's very all experienced in your head or all experienced through, like, these mediating factors. I mean, I think the thing is, is, like... When you're asked that question, are you experiencing pain today? Always say, like, nothing out of the ordinary. And I say to embrace that, too, and I think you do, too, of, like, just, like, breathing. You know, like, breathing it in, like, checking in and being like, yeah, I have some pain. Like, I checked in today, and I'm like, wow, I have pain here. You know, yeah, I have some pain. But okay. All right, I'm fine with that. I can take that. Right. Like, is it an acceptable amount of pain to be having? Is it is it preventing you from living your life? Is it preventing you from, like, enjoying yourself? I mean, asking yourself some of those questions, I think, is is really important. Especially when, like, a lot of people can't admit to themselves or their doctors, like... Or their caregivers how much pain they're in because you're supposed to just be grateful to be alive i mean i think that like once you've tried everything like you've tried the breathing you've tried the stretching you've tried the more water you've tried it then you talk to your doctor and you get 
the right drug. You get, I don't know what, but I mean, you find the right medication. Well, but how do you figure out? Because, I mean, I remember just being exhausted from the pain. I mean, I'm exhausted right now. Like, how do you know? Because it's just so constant. I mean, listen, all I can say is, Leanna, it's so Kanye. No, it is. What does did it I, kill you? Did, did I tell you about my Kanye story where I called him Kane West during a Cards Against Humanity moment oh with my, my family I and think... I'm never living it down, okay. Kane West? I'm not going to do that with you, but <laughs> that's hilarious. So, I, no, 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 that's hilarious. So, anyway, but I think it's like what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And again, the platitude you hate, but... I, I hate platitudes I know, in I know. general. I know. But, no, it, it really, like, you got to, like, just, like take a deep breath do what you can do and push it a little bit expect that you might be weak and just like keep pushing forward it will get better you your pain will decrease you will get through it you have to have faith in yourself that placebo effect is huge it's 33 percent it's a third it's like it's huge and you've got to just like keep breathing be grateful to be alive but pushing through is so hard. But there, you, know, you don't know that there's any payoff on the other side. I get that. Trust me, when I was getting the final work done, I was like, are these going to be great tits on a dead corpse? You just like have to believe in the absence of any, like... I think you've got it. You, like, you know, most people don't realize that they have to have faith to get through every single day. They don't know what's going to kill them. We kind of have a sneak preview, and I think, therefore, it's up to us to be like, oh... I mean, I have, I have faith that cancer's not going to kill me, but other people have faith that someone's not going to hit you on the freeway, and I'm way more likely I <laughs> to just be really right. Hope, I, I just, we just had our first fatal shark attack where I grew up, up in Wellfleet, Newcomb's Hollow, which is a place I've gone swimming many times, and it's like, I just keep thinking, like, oh my god, like, how freaking sad would that be if, like, a shark killed me after all of this? I mean, you would be an amazing statistic. It would just be, like, so horrible clickbait and I don't want to be that when I'm dead. <laughs> All right. No so one wants to be clickbait or no shark. No one wants to be or shark bait. Or shark bait. <laughs> exactly. And this poor guy from Revere was the both. And that okay. makes me are we are we're really <laughs> off topic. What's what's our what's our protocols for this episode? Okay. Well I think Emmy Cleves is an amazing woman who is a Bikram teacher and she went through Auschwitz as a young girl and um, she always had this wonderful saying pain is the greatest teacher see and I it's a platitude and you know how I don't like platitudes but, but I think you agree with this basically but I do think that pain is a signal right to right. that something needs to change like that's your body's way of saying that like something is not okay here like let's let's not do whatever it is that's causing you pain like let's do something else it's your body shouting at you that like something needs to change here right or you have to be careful like like i think for me what i've been taking away lately is like oh be careful don't go back into bikram class like take a break well, a knee I use mean, your legs i've been walking everywhere i've been walking oh i've been walking i mean walking is probably pretty good Walking's I, pretty good when you can do something else but when you can't do anything else you're just like oh walkie 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 i don't want to walkie anymore I know, no one wants to walk uh but for me my protocol for pain because cancer pain like you're gonna have it like you're gonna have it whether you hate every second of it and resent every second of it or you're gonna have it if you like figure out ways to mediate it and also like figure out how to deal with it what's your protocol 
I mean, my protocol is like you have to you have to go through it. Maybe explore like, some medical marijuana, CBD. Oh yes. So I did. I found that the pain from the surgery and the pain associated with like trying to get my mobility back. Uh, I found a lot of success with CBD oil or CBD lotion to uh, applied to the surgical site and I've heard that like from radiation that really helps like there are ways to make this a little bit less painful for yourself right on and I guess the other thing I would say too is with the amount of drugs that you take just think about the cleanup you're gonna have to do you know like think about the cleanup because after having gone through a lot of medications which I've never been on especially through chemotherapy and antibiotics and pain medications one of the things I always make a priority of doing when I'm like about to go through surgery is I simplify and I'm just like okay I'm just on antibiotics now and now I'm like re and, and then I do some some cellular cleanup too, which may be another episode from another time. Is some this the my, witchy It's my you know, my my biochem witchery that okay. I use with my supplements and stuff. You would have been um, burned at the stake four hundred years ago. With Rhonda Fitzpatrick, I'll be burned. <laughs> I'll be burned. I'll be happy about that. Me and Joe Rogan and Rhonda. Come good. Alright. I'll so... be burnt with those peeps. But anyway, so but think about the cleanup. So if you do a lot of drugs, do a lot of cleanup. Like if you're if you decided like I'm gonna embrace the pain meds like nobody's business, um, think about juicing. Do you know what I mean? Like think about really cleaning it think up. Think about what your detox looks right. like. Right. Think about retox, detox, and I mean just think about the cycles too. Like, and I will tell you this, like my I was having some weird issues with my gut before I got surgery, but now weirdly things have righted themselves after surgery huh. after the antibiotics so maybe there was, was something i don't know what there was opening yourself up to the universe or could have just been a worm living in me who the hell knows did they take out the worm no but i'm just saying like you never they took know. out and reinserted the worm well i will say this i have read this is not that unusual when some women i was reading breast cancer things so this i'm sure it's happening to men too when you go through chemotherapy and you do do a lot of international travel and you get exposed to a lot of stuff or you live in a place where there's a lot of stuff in the food um you will find that a lot of parasites depart your body when you start the chemo which is the ultimate antibiotic i mean you're like you're like leveling everything yeah it levels everything so it's you know there's positives too there's victories in the dark as we like to say um and pain is just a part of that process right and when you can't but listen seriously when you can't breathe through and you can't get through it go to your doctor and push there is no there is no shame there is no shame in there's nothing to be earned from like toughing it out and there's nothing to be earned by taking a drug that makes you itch all night and stay up if it doesn't work for you yeah even if it has street cred it may not be true for you and it may not work for you so figure out figure out what works for you exactly exactly all right liana well this was awesome talking about pain (laughs) i know let's talk about something more cheerful next time maybe i know well no you know what but like here's the thing it's not always a party it is not. Sometimes it's a pain party. And that's why we say with a wink and a glance. Thanks, cancer. And thanks, pain. Thanks, cancer. <laughs>
That was our episode. Thanks for listening to Thanks Cancer. If you guys enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you would give us a review on iTunes or Google Play. And you can find us on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook at Thanks Cancer. And please, we'd love to hear from you your stories. Your protocols. Exactly. Advice that you have to share with the community. So send us your audio files at info at thankscancer.com. Well, the traffic stopped you lay on the horn and you ask yourself, where is my cancer unicorn? But we're at the gate with your cancer card. We're your passport date. Cause cancer's damn hard. Oh, thanks cancer. Thanks cancer. Thanks cancer. Victories in the dark. <laughs>